Hi, I'm Jamin Brazil, and you're listening to the Happy Market Research Podcast. This is a special episode that's connected to the upcoming Insights Association's next conference. It's located in Chicago on June 13th and 14th. I do a lot of these conferences, both inside and adjacent to the market research industry. I think this particular, the next conference is a must attend if you're interested in learning about what's coming up next. Maybe that's how they came up with the name. Uh, my guests today are Stuart Crane, the founder and CEO of Voice Metrics, which helps companies leverage voice, as well as Paul Cornwell. Did I say your last name right, Paul? Yeah, you got it. Uh, Voice Metrics CTO. Guys, thanks very much for joining me on the Happy Market Research Podcast today. Good to be here. Great. Thanks yeah. for having us, Jamie. You guys are speaking at the next conference on how to integrate voice into the total customer experience. I'm really curious, given your backgrounds, when did you first recognize that voice was important? Well, voice I've been interested in for quite some time back in the day when I would listen to cassettes in the car and CDs in the car. And so, and I was really interested in voice recognition, recognizing voice with drag and dictate and that sort of thing. But the, the you know, when I realized it was really going to be big is actually when I've got an Amazon Echo, I think it was for Christmas in uh, 2015, I believe. And just being able to talk to this, you know, cylinder and have it talk back to you and, and start songs and you can still talk to it while music is playing. And obviously Siri was out there, but now it's basically an ambient voice conversation is just just blew my mind. And then I found out that you can actually write software for it. You can write programs for the Amazon Echo. Back then it was just called Echo. Now it's obviously Alexa and it's a big ecosystem and everything. So I just really recognize that being able to talk to devices and have all the, the full features of computers behind it really is going to transform things. Not that it's going to you know take away the capabilities of mobile or anything like that, but supplement it in such a great way. So I started looking at ways that we could program you know, voice and got involved very early in the Alexa software development ecosystem and just kind of took it from there. All right, great. That's so Paul. Yeah. So, um, I came from an AI, uh, machine learning background prior to getting into voice. And that was sort of my segue into, uh, into voice and where the interest came from. So actually before I met Stuart, um, I was, uh, pretty hot and heavy for uh, Alexa and, and, and the idea of building uh, these interactive experiences. So I was looking a lot at Lex and Alexa um, on the Amazon side. And um, yeah, it just seemed like a natural segue coming from um, kind of that AI background and thinking about, you know, how these, uh, how these devices and experiences can be more conversational. Um, and just the technology kind of caught up to where, to where my, my head was. And uh, the opportunity with Stuart, um, who kind of had this vision that uh, was the very beginning uh, of what we built. Um, it just everything seemed to align. So my, I'm going to go ahead and share, which I apologize. I don't mean to hijack the point, but um, for me, it was, I recognize it was really important. I bought my daughter an iPhone for, when she was 11 years old. She, we were driving in the car. It's like a three hour drive. So I just started we were making small talk or whatever. And then uh, she, I talked to her about her best friends and her top three uh, surprised me. It was Siri. So that just like, I wasn't sure if she was making a joke or, but we kind of dived into that and she goes, oh, you know what, Siri, she's always there. She's talking to me, you know, and in, in context of an 11 year old, 
you know, world perception, she really didn't understand this concept of AI or bot or, right? I mean, for her, it's a voice that's got a name and is communicating to her. Sometimes it doesn't make any sense. In fact, maybe that's a lot of the time, especially the early days. But it now you kind of like fast forward with where we are. And I also have some younger kids, a two and a three-year-old. Uh, and one of their favorite things to do is interact with Alexa playing the hide and seek game. I don't know if you guys have done that or not. Yeah. Um, yep. But it, it's a it's it's this really interesting kind of fr- this construct where you do have you can have a what is a normally a tangible uh, game or UX. Thinking about what that looks like, and then but in a voice context, it, it's a it's so. It, for me, was I, as I kind of like fast forward to in two or three years from now, it just feels like voice is going to, I don't exactly know how to, what it's going to look like, but it feels like the opportunities for us are mm, significant. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we, we were out in San Francisco uh, um, speaking in a couple of weeks ago, and what we noticed just walking around the streets of San Francisco is you know, half the people, probably more than half, maybe 80% of the people have, you know, their AirPods or headphones on. And so once those have the capabilities of, you know, the voice assistants built right into them, which they're starting to do, obviously, Siri's built into the AirPods, it, it's going to be huge. There's, it's just all over. It's everywhere. So you've worked with a couple of market research agencies on voice surveys. What do you see as really exciting in that space? And what do you see as uh, a material challenge at this yeah, stage? Yeah, that's a good question. So our the companies that we're starting to work with is really very exploratory, which you know we're, I'm sure we're going to find at the next conferences. People want to see, well, how can we utilize the voice assistant, whether it's Alexa, Google Assistant, and Siri at some point, to you know get data, get information, get uh, feedback, get surveys and take them. So the agencies that we are working on right now, what they're doing is they're taking our survey platform, it's called SurveyLine, and they're basically building surveys similar in the way you would build, say, a SurveyMonkey survey um, in a web app and you build the survey and they're showing them to their clients that are maybe big consumer product manufacturers or just product companies that have uh, panels of um, testers out there. And they're basically helping them to say, this, this, some of the things that you're doing to collect data and do uh, market research and consumer research can now be potentially done by voice. Um, so they're looking at things where they may have people coming into the homes and doing surveys by hand, and they want to lower the cost that it, it, the cost of doing a survey and then also the convenience factor for the, the panelist. Um, one thing we're finding right now is the agency's looking at doing very interactive surveys that have a real voice behind it. So you actually have a voice actor, a voice um, talking the person through a product. So, you know, know, pick up the product, hold it in your hand. How does it feel in your hand? And it's basically through the voice assistant that way. Um, So they're building some, you know, longer interactions. And um, so some of the challenges, you know, we're working on right now is just the, like the, the, the cadence and the pausing and the stages, because sometimes you might want to um, pause and say, well, let, you know, do this for a little while and then come back and tell us what you thought about that. And so those things aren't as intuitive on a voice assistant because it wants to just, you know, back and forth, back and forth. So we've got some things that we're modifying to make it work in an environment where essentially the, the agencies, the market research agencies want 
a, a hands-free experience. They don't want to have to have the person go to a phone or go to a laptop or any kind of you know tactile interface at all. They want it hands-free, and that's what's perfect for you know surveys by voice or a voice survey. Um, so, but in some situations, they need to like wait. Well, they do something with a product and then they come back and say that so some of the challenges like i said are, are related to cadence and pauses and delays and just you know getting that interaction as natural as possible knowing that you're still dealing with essentially a computer which as you know you know ivr has been around for you know since the 80s you know ivr has been around so we're taking kind of what they that had done and we're like hey this can be done on a voice assistant and be done even better because you have full programming capabilities, you have real voice um, behind it and so forth. Stuart, I want to get to an example, if you guys have one, of a uh, voice-based survey. But before we do, Paul, I have a question in context of like of AI. It's a term that we have heard a lot in market research over the last well, years. And um, the actual like nailing it down in terms of how it applies and improves an outcome has been a little bit squishy in our space. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit how the role of AI in a voice in a voice context? Yeah, absolutely. So I think um, out of the box, um, Alexa and and Google Assistant they do it does a lot of things very well, and um, a lot of the reasons that it's improving over time uh, is sort of the um, the machine learning and artificial intelligence that um, that Alexa or that Amazon and Google are are leveraging themselves. But we have found um, that there's still a gap, and what you know, what we've tried to build, and I think what successful uh, developers of voice solutions are doing is they're they're building uh, their own um, sort of contextual AI that, um, and, and in our example, so using surveys as an example, so we've actually created um, sort of our secret sauce to make the, the survey experience um, much smoother for the user because out of the box, um, you run into a lot of things with Alexa skills and, and Google Actions where she doesn't understand exactly what you're trying to do. And if, it, if what you say or what she heard doesn't match exactly uh, what's been predefined in those voice solutions, uh, those skills and actions, then it can kind of fall down. So, you know, coming at it from a pure voice developer standpoint, to me, artificial intelligence, um, it, it can be a buzzy sort of word, right? We, we, we hear that term all the time. But for us, it just means basically having a layer of, um, of, of algorithms and logic that can, that can make sense of uh, what the user's actually trying to do, what the intended uh, uh, action is, and giving them that result. So that's, that's how we approach it. And I hope that answered it. Got it. Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. I mean, you know, and again, going back to the simplistic example of the hide and seek game on Alexa, the uh, in, in that framework, you know, you can, it, it doesn't feel a hundred percent human, but it also doesn't feel like going back to Stuart's point about IVR in the eighties, it doesn't feel like that either. Right. It's definitely a lot closer to the human exp interaction experience. All right, Stuart, do we have an example? Yeah. Yeah. So what I'm going to show now is an example we put together at the voice of the car summit, which is a few weeks ago that brought together people who are involved in bringing voice, voice assistance into the car. Um, obviously, there's a lot of uh, companies involved in that, the car companies themselves, the voice assistants, and so forth. So forth. So this example that I'm going to show is related to a survey that would be done after you go to a retailer, a restaurant, or in this case, a fast food restaurant. So everybody's familiar with the receipt you would get 
um, at a movie theater or, or retailer or restaurant that says, oh, you know, thanks for coming. Please take our survey. And it has a, a long web URL that you have to type into your phone or or what have you. And, you know, who does that? You know, who's going to go and take the survey and type all that in from a printed receipt? So, the, you know, the idea is, you know, we can just ask our voice assistant to take it. And so the receipt would say, just start the McDonald's survey or what it happens to be. And in this case, we did a demo for a McDonald's fast food survey. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to say the wake word and it's going to start the survey. And it would be what someone would do in the car as they're pulling out of the drive through. So let's give it a shot. Alexa, start the McDonald's survey. Hello. Thanks for visiting McDonald's today. We want to hear about your experience. This survey should take less than a minute, so let's get started. How often do you visit this McDonald's location? Uh, about once a week. For the next few questions, Rate your satisfaction on a scale of 1 to 5, where 5 is excellent. Rate the speed of your food delivery. 4. Rate the quality of the food. 3. Rate the friendliness of the McDonald's staff. 5. Finally, yes or no, would you recommend this McDonald's to your friends and family? Yes. That's great. We're happy that you'll recommend us. Thanks again for stopping at McDonald's and taking our survey. Next time, try our new Mushroom and Swiss Signature Burger. You had to throw in the advertisement at yeah. the end, of course. But I, I really, really like... There's, there's, so there's a couple of things that pop for me. One is like... two. Well, okay. So I'll start at the beginning. First of all, Thinking about programming that survey, um, what is that? Is that hard? I mean, I know that creating Alexa skills in general at a basic level is relatively Yeah, I'll easy. let Paul kind of hit that question. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's hard to make it, um, you know, uh, extremely flexible. And so we've built a platform to do that. So I think anyone could probably build uh, an Alexa skill or Google Action that is, is built around a very specific set of questions and get responses. Um, kind of a one-off. Yeah, exactly. So uh, to sort of take it to the next level, we really wanted to build something that was um, really self-service and something that, um, so we, you know, we call it a platform. But uh, I'd say the challenges were probably with um, just supporting those different question types and, um, you know, collecting responses in a way that, you know, match up with what the, uh, survey creator was trying to get. So if they're looking for a rating, you know, we have a lot of validation around, okay, so the, pardon me, the person said, you know, instead of one through five, they said six, we got to make sure we, you know, come back and tell that person gently, okay, let's, you know, that's not the right answer. Uh, and then maybe play the question again, things like that. So it's really just having an experience that's as conversational as it can be. And then, yeah, from a programming side, it was just really building uh, the platform to support um, basically any type of question answer back and forth that someone wants. And we tried to make this conversational as possible. I do think it'd be really funny if you did like an outtake version where the correction was something like, Hey, jackass. I <laughs> <Exactly. want five." laughs> yeah, that would, that, that would be good. So, <laughs> but I mean, that's really feeding my point, the point of like the impact of UX or user experience in context of feedback. Right. So, 
um, you, you really have an opportunity to help enforce brand inside of uh, uh, consumer feedback nowadays. Where, well, in truth, we always did. I think we're just actually starting to pay attention to it more as an industry now. But it, it really, I mean, you know, having that friendly voice is such a better experience to your earlier example than just having to go manually input a URL into a web browser, which is just this, you know, it's like filing taxes. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, we, I mean, there's, we think there's multiple benefits to it. Um, we just, we think it's another way. I mean, obviously there's, there's, there's other ways to take surveys, but one of the things we really like is just how we've seen some creativity with some of our, our customers who are doing things like, um, you know, having a user do a feedback session while they're experiencing the product, which that's difficult to do any other way. But voice lets you do that. So maybe while you're trying uh, shampoo, you know, or, or whatever, and you've got a, an echo in the bathroom, you could actually be answering questions. Like, how does it feel? And how does it lather? Things like that. So we're seeing some creative stuff and just love that. Um, and that's why we tried to build it as just kind of open and yeah, the, as possible. Because the, the customers the, are guided. The in-context yeah. feedback, I think, is is the part that market research is going to get mo the market researchers. And I don't mean that like in a narrow way, but I mean in a broad way. Anybody that's interested in consumer feedback uh, is going to be is going to find to be tremendously valuable because, you know, the in moment experience comment is the most valuable feedback versus, you know, the degradation of feedback because of the delay in that, in that Q and a, yeah. What, what kinds of content or insights are you actually capturing? I mean, beyond the obvious, uh, answers to the questions. Yeah. So it's, it's all centered around that, right? The responses. So, um, as, as you, as you probably are aware. So Alexa and Google, um, they don't give anyone like raw access to the audio itself. Like you, you can't, you know, set up a skill and then get the audio file for what, what exactly did that user say? I want to hear their voice. It doesn't work like that. Um, that's for privacy and, and um, good reasons. So they do a great job with the speech to text. So, um, you know, so really it relies heavily on Alexa and Google's natural language processing and speech to text capabilities. And so uh, we have different question types that we support. So we, we support asking the user for uh, a rating from one to 10 or one to five, whatever they want to set up. Um, yes, no. Um, and then multiple choice, of course, and then free form, which is really wide open. So if you just want to ask for the user for some comments, um, things like that, we have that capability. And we just added a new, a new question type. Uh, we just call it mobile phone, but it's basically the ability to collect contact information from the user. And the way we're implementing it right now is they, um, if the user wants to supply that, then um, they get a text, you know, immediately to that phone. And that sort of makes that connection with the, with the, with the brand or whoever is conducting the survey. So uh, we're looking at different ways to provide value there. But yeah, as far as the actual insights, it's really, you know, it, we just are looking at, looking at providing um, as accurate a date as accurate a set of data as we can per survey. And then our customers um, will, will glean the insights they want from that data. Is it, is it, is the data set, you know, I assume it's the case like a CSV file or. Yeah, no, exactly. So right now that's, that's, that's how it happens. So they, you know, anytime. So really easy to integrate into whatever platform they're using for their analytics. What, yep. um, is there any additional metadata that you're gathering? I mean, like in a traditional web or, uh, web-based it's a you know you've got a host of stuff like timestamps and uh, browser version maybe even yeah location 
Well, I mean, we can get what device they're using, whether it's Google Home or Alexa, and then within that, which type of device they get. We can only basically get whatever we're given by the platform, the voice platform, uh, yeah, Alexa, exactly. Google Assistant. But there is some metadata, and and uh, Paul, I think uh, you know we work with that and we provide that to some of the clients. Got it. And then the, you know, so I'm kind of like walking. Th- I'm going through this. I literally just purchased my breakfast this morning with from McDonald's. I don't know if that's a not, maybe not a endorsement of my health, but, um, but I do like McDonald's a lot. Uh, so I finished going through the, the checkout. Is that, how do I get that? What's the trigger event? Is it, you know, is it in car? Is it later? How, how does that actually, that survey get served up to me, so to speak? Yeah, I mean, that's basically going to be the challenge, I think, going forward, Jamin, is basically, we call it the voice call to mm-hmm. action. And the call to action could be in so many different forms. I mean, it could be, um, like in the in this example, obviously, that we gave, it could be on the receipt, um, and it just says, launch the McDonald's survey, or whatever, you know, or whatever, you know, engagement or uh, voice action they want to to, to start. It could be printed on a product and say, tell us what you think. Just say to your voice assistant, you know, whatever it is, X, Y, Z, and would obviously be branded to that product or to that company or whatever they want it to say. So that's going to be going forward. The challenge is, you know, how do you uh, implement that call to action? Um, we're working with a company now that does direct marketing and they have, you know, huge brands like, you know, Wells Fargo and these companies that do massive amounts of direct marketing and they're adding voice response into it because, you know, they get, somebody could get something in the, in the mail and it would be, you know, do you want to you know, go to our website or call our 800 number? Well, now it's like, well, now just, you know, interact with us through voice and it would launch essentially a voice interaction. Could be a survey asking them a few questions and then based on how they answered those questions, it could do different things and it could, you know, contact them that way. But I think it's going to be tricky because it's going to take time for companies to say, well, where do we want to put this call to action and what should it say? And, um, you know, that's something that we can help with to a certain degree, but we're not the experts on that so much as, as they are. seems like that's a big partnership opportunity that you're talking about. You know, I'm thinking about like in the market research space, we've got a host of, whether it's Dynata or others, you know, very large market research sample providers. Um, and then, you know, which I don't know how big the industry is between two and $4 billion just right there. So, you know, if they had, yeah. you know, voice enabled device as a variable, inside of their uh, profiles, then, you know, maybe there is that trigger event that could happen. You know, I mean, there's a lot of lot of bubbles in this scenario, but assuming that, you know, there was an app that was tracking geo and right. So so just emails, just think of emails and how many people do SurveyMonkey or Qualtrics surveys or Zoho or whatever. They're basically most of the time there's they're asking people to take their survey because it's, they're sending out an email or it's on a social media or it's somewhere that could be supplemented, maybe not replaced, but supplemented with, or do you want to do it with your voice assistant? Just say launch, blah, blah, or start the XYZ survey or whatever it is. Now, obviously, you know, surveys by voice is going to be, 
you know, they need to be friendlier in a voice context. So you can't take every survey monkey survey or, you know, web-based survey and just, you know, copy and paste it into a voice survey because there's just nuances and, and cadence like we talked about before that it's, it's better sometimes on a screen to, you know, sort things or see a lot of multiple choice answers. And that doesn't lend itself to voice. But uh, the call to action could be in a similar way to the way survey monkeys or online surveys are done. So in 2023, it's projected that there's going to be about 80-ish billion that are going to be purchased through voice. This is, you know, for me, that that number is, is you know, it's, a, it's obviously a massive number. Um, and I'm, I'm seeing it in my own user behavior where I'll actually procure or buy stuff through my Alexa device. Um, you know, more of the kind of the CPG type stuff is what we're doing, you know. Google and Amazon have both been very aggressive in gobbling up the generic brands. I think that's been, I know that's well documented. So like generic paper towels, I believe is now owned by Amazon. Uh, and so. Yeah. Amazon basics. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, in that, you know, in a voice based uh, consumer journey, which is invisible, right? I don't have any opportunity to intercept the consumer. If I'm Scott's, for example, or whatever, uh, uh, brand why isn't why isn't voice a bigger deal right now for the cpg spaces or if it is is it are you you know are they just kind of operating in secret I'm, I'm just not seeing a lot of as a consumer a lot of investment and as a practitioner and research not a lot of noise in the space about you know investment that's being made in this invisible consumer journey yeah, it's a good it's a good question and I think they're actually, you know, because we're in the voice industry, we do see a lot of internal investments of companies that are building things now but they don't want to just rush them out to market. Um, it's it's interesting. I, I was in the healthcare space for a long time, and they're actually wanting to get voice capabilities into you know for patients and for doctors and so forth. But the brands, like you said, they're they're taking a slower approach, and they're doing a lot of internal um, testing and building things. But they're you know they're also looking at well, how do we get on there? Because Amazon and Google, they have the the basically a native interface, and as soon as you start talking, Google and Amazon know who you are. But until you you know, open a skill or an action or some interface with that brand, they still don't know who you are until you somehow give them permission. So it's much more difficult beyond Amazon and Google to get that. So that's why we're building in things like uh, getting contact information right through it um, and, and, and doing lookups or with codes and so forth. So you can just put a code in. But there is a lot of investment going on by brands and also ad agencies, the agencies in basically, you know, how can we get into voice? And it's slow, I think, for a couple of reasons, mainly because they're, they're just trying to figure out how it all works. But then also they want to be careful not to roll something out that's, you know, kind of half-baked. And I think that's part yeah, of it. The, um, I did some analysis earlier this year on uh, voice ratings. I was using it as a surrogate for app utilization in voice. Uh, on, on, okay. and, and it was, unfortunately, you, you can't create a, there's not a corollary. So, so the, you know, the number of rate, ratings, for example, does not mean that's the utilization of the app um, from a, but having said that, it, you know, it's still really interesting to see what products or apps are being, or skills are being used in, um, in a voice-based context um, on just, you know, frequency. And so one of the things I thought was really cool is it was, I believe it was GM, they have an auto start uh, voice skill. And 
uh, to the vehicle. So, you know, it's cold. I mean, this, I'm again, I'm intuiting. I live in California, but it's cold outside. So, you know, I'd like to start my vehicle ahead of time so it can like warm up or whatever. Um, and that's the extent of the skill, which is very highly rated, but they were the only automobile manufacturer in the, in, you know, even including Tesla that had any voice-based app that was in the top ranking of the top 100, I think is what I pulled. Um, so it, you know, it feels like there's it, just transparency in terms of, you know, what apps are being used and by whom could be, you know, a big opportunity for whether it's a company like yours or even a company like Nielsen for, you know, communicating to the industry what, um, you know, what's trending from a, from a user experience perspective. Yeah, exactly. And I think it all gets back to that voice call to action until people know what to say to their voice assistants, what to ask of their voice assistants and have a prompt. It, it, it's going to be, it's going to just you know, take, take time because people know how to say, well, well, what's the weather like outside or, right. you know, what's sports scores or, you know, they can turn their lights on and off. And I have all that set up with my smart home. And it's a great way. To, and obviously playing songs, that's the biggest use case of all for the smart speaker. But I think once brands and companies and, you know, different entities start doing a voice call to action where there's like, well, here's our website. But then if you want us by voice, say this, you'll just see that take, uh, it'll take effect and you'll be more and more. And then it, it's going to take some time, like you said, 2023. 80 billion. I think, you know, 2023, you'll just see a lot more calls to action to, hey, you know, engage us by voice. Yeah, it's that's right. I mean, it's, you're, it's a whole like user journey um, that has to trickle down to the just a knowledge of how to interact because, you know, you don't have because it's invisible. You don't have those user prompts that you would have. In a, no problem. Are you seeing are you seeing an opportunity? I kind of go to the star track example, right, where you know, you had the computer or whatever, and then there was constant interaction with it. And then they would give commands to the computer to, you know, transfer controls to whatever. Um, are you are you seeing that as one of the maturing use cases or potential uh, use cases where it's like, okay, you know, here's a, a voice-based Instagram feed and, oh, transfer that to my phone or something along those lines? Not yet. I, I, I just, it's just kind of too much of a reach for somebody to know to do that. But I think once there, there is a good use case that it actually gets habitual, it's all about habit and, you know, turning on lights and doing things that are IOT. And, and if they do them often, then I, you get that habit, then you get that. But if somebody doesn't know to do something, it's to your point before, there's really no, there's no visual interface. In most cases, you have echo show and you have some visual, but, and actually that, that brings up a good point, James, I do actually give it commands when I see things on my echo show that they they kind of prompt me with an article or maybe want to do this but so it, it you know in, in right now it kind of needs that you know prompting or call to action and I think as more companies put them out there you'll see more use cases and then people won't even need to be prompted they'll just use them but we're still pretty early stages on people doing things like oh we'll transfer that um, it'll come but it's gonna take some, some time so what is one practical takeaway that uh, our listeners can, you know, gleam right now from your upcoming talk at Next? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is that, you know, um, feedback and surveys or just getting anything from a consumer or an end user, an audience is doable by voice with your own branding 
Um, and it's just now becoming possible. So what we're going to show at the next conference is basically a, a platform that allows you to create a survey, kind of like SurveyMonkey, but it can be branded for yourself so that it's it's your own voice. It's not the you know, Alexa voice or Google Google Home voice. It's your own voice throughout the whole thing like I showed. And you get the data. You get to ask what you want to ask. And the, the user is happy with the experience. So um, that's what we're going to show. And it's evolving. It is still very early stages in this. But um, as we improve our platform, we're leveraging the capabilities that are being improved by Amazon Alexa. And then there's also obviously Cortana and Bixby and some others that may, you know, and Siri. Once Siri has a, a capability to program for Siri, we'll have that as well. If somebody wants to get in contact with you, how would they do that? Yes, yeah, so the best way is just go to our site, which is surveysbyvoice.com. It's www.surveysbyvoice.com. Got it. My guests today have been Stuart Crane and Paul Cornwell of Voice Metrics. Thank you both for joining me on the Happy Market Research Podcast today. Thanks a lot. Enjoyed it. Great. Thanks for having us, Jamin. Everyone else, for more information on the Insights Association's next conference to hear speakers like these fantastic gentlemen and others, please join us in Chicago, June 13th and 14th. You can also find more information on our website, happymr.com slash next2019. That's happymr.com slash next2019. Have a great day, and I hope to see you there.